0: This show was only for mature audiences. Welcome back. Creeps, freaks, and insomniacs to another chilling episode of Creep Cottage. Today, we are joined by my co-host,
1: Kit. Hello.
0: And me, obviously your host, Oliver Mizrahi. And uh, we're super psyched for today's episode. I know we are. We were talking about it before we came on. We both have good shit to offer.
1: Yeah, we were doing research on our couch and we were just like, dude, we so excited for this. And I just kept hearing him say, oh, my
0: God, what? Yeah, well, there's so many twists and turns in some of my stories. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even know what did that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we dive in that we're we're just so excited to, we're going to go through our announcements first. We don't have anything new, but if you guys are interested in supporting us, uh, well, there's no way to. Because our merch is all at base price at all times. Meaning that you buy everything for the base price and we don't make any money off of it. You guys just get cool merch for cheaper. That's all that means. So if you guys want to buy Creep Cottage logo merch, like a crew neck or a Mandala Effect periodic table t-shirt, a uh, very popular Glitch in Reality Portal t-shirt, you guys should go check it out. The link is going to be in our bio on Instagram, so if you want to follow along, Uh, With the merchandise, you can follow us at Creep Cottage. On that Instagram, we also post pictures of each episode for things that we are looking at or uh, if you guys need visuals for what we're talking about. So we have pictures of the Jersey Devil, the Loch Ness Monster. We have pictures of Huska Castle, the Siberian Hole, and the Faja Mortana, right? Morgana. Fata Morgana that we were talking about. That's it for announcements. So if you're ready to begin... I say we dive in. Let's do it. Not everything has an explanation, and that's what scares some people the most. The unexplained, or even worse, the unexplainable. How is it possible for premonitions to take place days or even decades in advance? How is it possible for curses to take effect and deliver their punishments? Deja vu, monsters washed ashore. Ghosts, speaking to the dead, so many occurrences that still happen today without resolution. We may know a lot, but I promise you, what we don't know far outweighs it. This is Unexplained Phenomenon. I don't remember who started last time, but I I just want to flip a coin or something, because I'm excited for your stories, and I've been... I haven't told anyone mine, like, in person. I'm just dying to tell you guys what I found.
1: Well, shall we indeed flip a coin? I have my computer here. Yeah,
0: let's do it. Let's flip a coin.
1: All right. Who's calling what?
0: Uh, I call heads. All right. Heads I win, tails you lose?
1: Yep. <laughs> tails.
0: So you go first. I go first. You lose.
1: You shut your
0: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's do a quick rundown of what we found. Uh, I don't want to give up too much, so I'm going to try and keep it pretty vague. Yeah. I have three stories, and there were so many that almost made the list, but I couldn't find the the research or the articles that I was looking for. Uh, honorable mention was the Brown Mountain Lights. And the second one, if you guys can find this story Please email it to me at twistedmanor.sub at gmail.com. The story is that there's a a small town, I believe in Mexico, where every night they see ghosts of the dead wandering the city. And so they won't realize it until the next day. Like uh, someone will ask for a candle or they'll give a candle for someone to light. And then they take the candle home and then the next morning that candle has turned into just like a human bone.
1: Uh, ew, what? Yeah,
0: things like that. So if you guys can find any information on this, please send it my way. I will talk about it in depth once I find out what the hell this city is called. Cause I skimmed I, I skimmed into it by mistake. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. But onto the real stories that we're gonna be talking about today. First. Uh, I'm going to be talking about someone who has predicted the future many times and has also sucked at telling the future a lot more than he has gotten it right. But that is my first story that we're delving into. My second story is a curse that was placed on a gravestone. And that one is, oh, that one's trippy. This one will probably keep me up at night. This is the one he
1: freaked out about. Yeah, boats. this is it the was one. So funny.
0: <laughs> I did most of my research, uh, like today, on this story. I had most of my research for the other ones, I just had to piece them together. But this just had so much more to the story than I originally heard. So mm-hmm. it was just really crazy. And then my last story, which is pretty short and sweet, is uh, about a very unusual illness that struck France. Uh, what was it in the fifteen hundreds? Oh. So yeah, I got so I got some wax stuff today. So what do you got?
1: All right. Well, uh, he already knows two of the stories. I stole one of them from him. Uh, the first story is the Beast of Chevaldon, which is eh, you'll see.
0: <laughs> do you want to tell them where you got that from?
1: Uh yeah I technically got this from two places the first one is we were watching the cursed yesterday which film yeah a film
0: called the cursed
1: it's a horror film it's kind of like
0: a cool twist on werewolves yeah it's pretty whack it's solid seven out of ten but it's definitely an interesting movie
1: yeah uh but the main character lived through the duration of The Time of the Beast of Gévaudon. The other place I got it from, not surprising in anime. Nice. They mention it. it <laughs> what can I It's good, okay? So that's the first one that I'm going to be covering. I am
0: so excited.
1: Me too. The second uh, story is The Brown Mountain Lights. I got it from him. It's very short. I didn't get a lot of stuff from this. I couldn't really find any stories talking about it either. So it, it's just very short and simple. Uh, and then the last one is the case of the SOS sign in a national park in Japan.
0: Okay. It's kind of spooky. I'm already getting chills from how this episode's going to go. Mm-hmm. I know we just pulled a bunch of good shit for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that we get bad shit for the other episodes, but this one particularly hyped me up, and I can't mm-hmm. explain why. It just feels like, oh, this one's going to turn someone's head for sure.
1: Like, 360, 180 to the side. How far are they twist in the head? Well, I
0: think <laughs> maybe their body twists, but their head stays the same.
1: <laughs> that sounds.
0: Tell me if I'm wrong. That sounds more demonic than a head spinning. It's that the body spins, but the head doesn't?
1: I feel like it's kind of just the same thing. just.
0: No, it's not. What if it just doesn't stop looking at you, but its body is just spinning?
1: Around <laughs> the world, around, around the, the world. <laughs>
0: world. <laughs> Alrighty, I am, I am so ready. So, shall we begin? Yeah. Okay, lead us into it.
1: Alright, I will say that these... Are uh, different articles pieced together via bullet points, so they're okay. not really like story stories, except for some quotes. Okay. So we are going to be starting with the Beast of Javodon. I'm not gonna lie; it's a fun word to say. Javodon. Yeah, I was saying yesterday, some French words, phenomenal, fantastic, fun to say.
0: Some French words are, and some are. Well, French.
1: You make a good point there, Sherlock. <laughs> okay, so the beast uh, showed up in early summer of 1764. The first victim was Jeanne Boulay, a 14-year-old girl that was watching her sheep. The way this thing killed people, it would tear out people's throats and or eat their heads. What the It would hell? gnaw off their what? heads.
0: That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminds me of, like, the Chupacabra. Like, it has a very specific <laughs> MO for no fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, this thing had roughly 300 victims in Gévaudon. That's a cho- lot. Yeah. That's no. That's
0: a fucking lot of people. And this is just one animal, supposedly?
1: This is just one animal, Jesus. supposedly. Jesus. You haven't even heard the wildest part I mean, of the victim count. Can you imagine count.
0: him just going back to his dad? Like, so what's your body count? Three hundred.
1: Like, all Ooh. right,
0: someone buy this man a drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so Mauricio estimates that wolf attacks caused as many as nine thousand fatalities uh, the country between uh, across the country between the end of the sixteenth century. In the beginning of the nineteenth century. Just wolves. Just wolves in general.
0: That is also pretty wild.
1: Nine thousand deaths. Jesus. Do you know what
0: the like the current national average of wolf deaths are? Like No. I kinda wanna look that up while you're talking. But Hold on. You're just gonna do it? Yeah. Alright. If it's um, more than nine thousand, I'm gonna be very surprised. It's probably gonna be more like ten. <laughs>
1: Are we talking, like, each year or, like...
0: Yeah, like, yearly.
1: At least 26 fatal attacks by wolves.
0: Like, worldwide or in the country? I, I'm i willing to assume sure. in the world.
1: So it says, uh, the most that were killed were 12 in Turkey, 6 fatalities in Iran, 4 in India, and 1 each in Canada, the United States, Tajikistan, and kazakhstan
0: lots of con con con
1: con <laughs> <laughs> con con can you do the con. <laughs> con can you do the con con
0: that's intense i didn't even know like iran had wolves
1: yeah me either that that came as a surprise
0: yeah and you said only one in the u.s and canada yep i feel like there'd be so many more wolf killings in canada yeah right like mm-hmm. in the woods area i don't know maybe yeah. i'm just dumb
1: I'd honestly expect, like, a couple in Russia, too.
0: But worldwide, 26 or 27, what'd you say? 26. 26 deaths worldwide. And in one country, they had (laughs)
1: 9,000! Over the course of, uh, from the 16th to the 19th century, though. But that is still a lot. Yeah,
0: that is a lot. Okay, what is that? You said 16th to 19th century? So 300 years. (laughs) 9,000 divided by 300. So that's 30 deaths a year.
1: 30 deaths. So
0: that is a little bit more, but that's one country still. Yeah, That is still one country that wolves are just <laughs> fucking people up for no reason.
1: You know, they have like a circle of friends who are like, come on, John, fuck them up. <laughs>
0: There's no wonder they had people looking after their sheep nonstop. They were everywhere. And then there was the beast of Gévaudan on top of that, who Sorry. killed 300 more
1: people. On its own, they're, yeah. They're like,
0: guys, they killed 330 of us.
1: <laughs> the wolves.
0: <laughs> they <laughs> crowned a king, it would
1: seem. <laughs>
0: fuck him <'em> up, John.
1: I don't know why I chose, like, the most basic white. Bitch I know. Boy I thought named. you were going to choose
0: a French name, like Jacques. Like, fuck him up, Jacques.
1: <laughs> no, John. Come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, Jacques. (laughs) Yes.
0: Ah, yes.
1: Jacques.
0: (laughs) That would be the best reaction to when they see the monster just come fuck up their village. Like, ah, yes. Jacques. (laughs) He's done it again.
1: I'm I'm a little sad that they didn't give this thing like a name, name. Like it's got like I don't a know a generalized name like the beast of Jevardon, but
0: yeah, it doesn't really narrow down what it looks like, but that's pretty cryptically creepy.
1: Yeah. Like if they gave it What like, does it look f- like?
0: It's <laughs> the beast, okay? That's all you need the to beast. know. No one just gets the name the beast for Like you don't call fish the beasts of the sea. Like you have to earn that name. <laughs> The Bible says the fowls and the beasts and whatever. Shut up. Okay? That's way too generalized, Bible. You can't just be like, yeah, squirrels are beasts. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) This thing earned the... He killed 300 (laughs) people, Jacques. You killer.
1: (laughs) We're just going to call him Jacques. He is Jacques. He is Jacques.
0: Jacques. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt so much.
1: No, it's fine. That was fun. (laughs) Okay, so so when the beast started, uh, France was in disarray due to the recent end of the Seven Year War and lost a lot of its oversea empire. A lot of people that fought in the war, just like, they lost every ounce of their honor ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, for people that lost their honor... Uh, the hunt for the beast was, like, a way to redeem themselves after the war. That
0: is so funny. <laughs> that is just like, we need a job done, so send all the criminals in prison to go do it, because I don't want to deal with it. And also, if it kills them, no one's going to miss them. That's exactly what they did.
1: <laughs> you say that, and that makes me laugh because of something that I, that is said later. Oh, No. <laughs> There's a guy, I don't know his first name. It just... The article just said Smith Says. So his name's Smith, I guess. Sweet,
0: Jacques.
1: (laughs) 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 They're all Jacques. (laughs) Okay, so there are many signs of wounded masculinity among the lead huntsmen, Smith says. Especially Duhamel. He had a highly sensitive regard for his honor... And had some bad experiences in the war. And looked at this challenge of defeating the beast as a way to redeem himself. I'm telling you, these people liked their honor a little too much. I
0: was you? gonna say, I don't, I never really heard France as being like one of those honor-centered countries. Yeah. You know, when I hear honor, I usually think of Asia, you know? Mm-hmm. India and Japan especially.
1: At one point, the number of volunteers was 30,000 guys to go on this thing. They
0: got a whole-ass army after this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Duhamel organized the men among military models, left poisoned bait, and even had some soldiers dress as peasant women in hopes of attracting the beast. What? You can't tell me that's not funny. That
0: is the wackest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Like... Obviously, it kills dudes too. Why do you need to dress
1: like the opposite gender to lure it? It's not horny. It's it just wants to kill things. Dress as a woman; it will like you more.
0: Or maybe it repels it.
1: Is that a female? I doubt it, though, because his uh, its first victim was a female, so.
0: It had 300 victims. I bet it was a lot of females <laughs> and a lot of men. And what's crazy is that you said 3000 people were sent.
1: 3000 men.
0: He killed a tenth of them, dude. <laughs> That's insane. They're like, go. And then they came back with <laughs> 29,000 people.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> I said twenty nine
0: thousand, I meant twenty nine hundred.
1: Yeah, dude, come on.
0: Hey, where's where's Jacques? Jacques was killed. Jacques was killed. No, not your Jacques. My brother Jacques. Oh Okay. Where's my Jacques? Oh, he died too.
1: No <laughs> All the Jacques. Jacques the Javardon Viz was jealous of other people named Jacques. That's who we went after. Just people named Jacques.
0: The first victim was female named Jacques.
1: Her name was hold on.
0: Jacqueline.
1: <laughs> Her name was Jonah Bole. We were so close. <laughs> Jonah is the female version of Jacques from now on.
0: Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Mona. Anyway, the beast of Jevendon. You, yeah, you're right. It is super fun to say that shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, so among, among the most notable tales of bravery was when a 19 or 20-year-old Marie-Jean jean Valet was attacked by the Beast on August 11th, 1765. While crossing the River Dege with her sister, she was armed with a bayonet affixed to a pole valet impaled the beast's chest the creature got away but valet became known as the amazon or um the maiden of Jevadon.
0: that's pretty sick yeah yeah you don't get that for nothing either yeah that is pretty sick dude
1: (laughs) people like valet is walking down the street she's like People are like,
0: dude, look, it's Amazon. She's the one that almost killed the the thing that's killing all of us.
1: (laughs) She did what 30,000 men couldn't do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's just walking around. I'd be embarrassed if I were you.
1: So, actually, there's a statue of her defending herself against the beast in the village of Alvar in South France, which I think is pretty cool. That's
0: sick. We're going to post that on the Instagram as well.
1: Good. Uh, Let's see. In September 1765, uh, they thought they killed it. Like, the beast stopped for a little bit. Uh And then it came back. And they were... At first, they were like, oh my god, dude, we killed it, yeah! He took a hella nap after he got stabbed. <laughs> he took a hella nap after he got stabbed. So, they thought someone else killed him, killed it. I don't know what the beast's gender is, I'm not going to assume. I don't want to get cancelled for assuming a wolf's thingy's gender.
0: It's a they-them. Also, I'm not gonna lie, this statue has a big fat peen under it. Does it? Yes.
1: Hold
0: on. The Beast of Gévedon... Is uh not a beastette. I can't
1: see it. Oh, yeah, it PP
0: has
1: All right, it's the a The beast few, has
0: a PP. Also, I'm not going to lie. This statue is cool in the fact that it's standing up that way. Yeah. But it looks like shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> France, but that looks bad. It's just, like, so disproportionate and smooth. For some reason, that's bothering me how smooth <laughs> this looks. It looks bad.
1: Well, you'll understand why the thing looks so disgusting.
0: Is it because it's naked? Is it hairless?
1: No, I'm... Okay. (laughs) Wait, did they make... Did they give the statue texture, or is it just a smooth animal? It's just a
0: smooth animal. I mean, it has, like, hair on its spine a little bit. But outside of that, like, you can see its ribs, and there's no hair unless it's just, like, a short-haired dog. But he has a mullet. He has hella mullet energy. (laughs) He has no hair on the front of his eyes, but he got hella hair that just <laughs> eventually goes into the, the spine. So the Beast of Gévedon was a big rock fan, I think.
1: <laughs>
0: hella mullet boy.
1: Okay, so continuing. <laughs>
0: uh huh.
1: A man named Jean Chastel or Chastel. Killed the creature with a bullet on June 19th in 1767.
0: Wait, so they did kill it?
1: They did kill it. But, like, three years after it showed up?
0: So, that's what I'm saying. I assume that this statue that they made is a pretty accurate representation of what it looks like. Because they saw it when it was dead.
1: Yeah?
0: Right? Like... You can't draw something that shitty when you have it bleeding out right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't they stuff that little shit? Uh. He ate 300 of your dudes. You don't want to <laughs> at least put that on your wall and be like, hey, yeah, the Amazon almost got it and my bullet did get it.
1: So actually, this guy, John, uh-huh. um, he was in jail.
0: Oh, fun.
1: He was in jail. I don't remember why. It said it in the article that I read, but I didn't bother bother to put it here because I didn't think it was relevant because it's really not. Uh-huh. But anyways, no one knows what the fuck this thing is. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like, what is it? Is it a giant dog or is it something else? Because that's what they're making it look like.
1: Okay, so I'm going to tell you the behavior of this thing.
0: Before you do, let me show you the opposite side of the statue. I don't know why it's so much more textured on this side. It's like two sides of a coin, but... Oh, damn. This thing was jacked. Jesus. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no wonder he killed 300 people. This Mm -hmm. dude could pick you up and dribble you like a basketball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sharp-ass teeth, too.
1: Alright, we ready to hear its behavior? Yes, let's hear it. <clears throat> i terrified already. Okay, so, the beast was consistently described by eyewitnesses as something other than a typical wolf. So, they would say, it's a wolf, but not a wolf. That's what they would say? That's what they would say. Idiots! <laughs> it was as large as a calf or some type of horse. Or sometimes a horse, sorry. Sorry. Uh, its coat was reddish gray with a long, strong panther-like tail. The head and legs were short-haired and the color of a deer. It what? had a, It had a black stripe on its back and quote unquote talons on its feet. Many drawings of the beast at the time endow it with Lupin characteristics. Witnesses described the beast as an ambush hunter which stalked its prey and seized it by the throat. The wounds found on the bodies were typically to the head and limbs with the the remains of 16 victims reportedly decapitated. The creature prowled in the evenings and in the mornings. So, some of the stuff that I have here, like, the descriptions kind of contradict each other sometimes. So, the creature also had a tasseled tail, a dark line along its spine, and spots on its sides. It was also incredibly strong and vicious, leaving few people to describe its attacks. Those who did also added the beast had sharp claws, a ferocious howl, and the ability to jump about? Take a guess.
0: I'm gonna overshoot, but please don't tell me it's ten feet.
1: You undershot, buddy. Is it 20? It's 30.
0: What the... <laughs> how is that even possible? Bro turned gravity off. <laughs> that How big did
1: they say this thing was? Uh, they don't know how big it okay, was. Because, like,
0: for you and me, like, a dire wolf would barely fit into our bathroom. Yeah. Right? Right. That's a big dog already. Right. If they're saying... That this thing is bigger than a dire wolf and can leap bigger than Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird, dude. I'm look- I've am i been looking up pictures while you're talking so I can get a good idea. A lot of yeah. them are just, you know, kind of like the Jersey Devil pictures. Like, some of them just vary slightly. Yeah, like but I The said- colored versions that I'm finding are very strange. There's only one that really kind of fit the full description that you're saying.
1: Well, there's more description that comes, Oh, no, my God. <laughs> let, let me his see. His ball sack.
0: <laughs> his ball sack was so the long. <laughs> 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 they It left a trail in the grass everywhere it went because his balls were so big and heavy. <laughs>
1: they could track it so easily that way, though.
0: So I looked it up, and it keeps suggesting that I look up stuffed. But I really doubt yeah, they I stuffed did. it. But I did find this weird thing. We're probably Ew. not going to post this, but it's like a weird like wolf-bear-cub mix.
1: I don't like it. It's, What's up with its legs? I don't know.
0: It's it pretty ugly. It does a <laughs> Okay, let me show you the, the drawings that I have found. Yeah. So there's this little guy. He looks more like a small minx than a giant deadly wolf. Yeah. Uh, there's this one that looks like a Chinese dragon mixed with a panther.
1: Yeah, it's got the tassels on the tail, though.
0: I will say, though, one characteristic that happens over and over, aside from the claws, the panther-like tail, the head looks very shrew-like. Yeah. Also, I just love that this drawing is of them in the courtroom, like, Hey, Jock, where have you been? He's like, I'm hungry. Are you guys (laughs) feasting in here? Just eats kids. This is the only one I found that was colored However, again, the fur is not colored correctly. They just colored blood around his eyes and mouth. Hmm. He just got some hella drag makeup on. Yes. And then <clears throat> possibly my favorite one that we're not going to post. But. Homeboy <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Oh needs to go some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he got a fruit roll-up in his mouth,
1: <laughs> or it's some beef jerky or something. This
0: literally looks like some shit a middle schooler did for a for like a. That's what so- I was thinking. Yeah, this is a social studies project gone wrong. <laughs> I might post this one just by itself, just <laughs> so you know <laughs> what we're laughing at here.
1: All right, so there's more.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I just keep getting <laughs> curious about what you're talking about. I want visuals. I'm a visual, hands on learner.
1: Ah, it's fine. I, I understand. <laughs> okay, so these are some of the guesses that they had for this thing. Okay. A bear dog. A dire wolf, like you mentioned. Okay. A hyena don.
0: Yeah, those are also really scary.
1: A striped hyena. A lion a wolf mm. a lion
0: i feel like they would know <laughs> yeah. what that shit is
1: i think that thing is missing a mane to be a lion
0: yeah and uh, i don't know like they keep saying it has like talons for feet
1: mm-hmm. almost
0: like just huge claws maybe like if it has like lion's feet i can yeah. see the guess there but maybe like i feel like it has to be a primitive animal that just somehow survived yeah so the dire wolf or the hyena don like that makes sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least a little bit yeah <laughs> that would be my two best guesses as well just some yeah. big cat dog mixed thing
1: Mm-hmm. okay here's more it has a snout somewhat like a calf's and very long hair which would seem to indicate a hyena breast as wide as a horse A body as long as a leopard's, and fur that was red with a black stripe. Uh,
0: I assume the black stripe is the spine, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Duhamel concluded, you will undoubtedly think like I do, that this is a monster hybrid, the father of which a lion, would its mother remain to be seen. It could walk on its hind feet, and its hide could repel bullets- And it had fire in its eyes, and it came back from the dead more than once. It And had amazing leaping ability.
0: Wait, what does it mean it came back from the dead?
1: I have no idea. Maybe it got up after like a bullet, after they thought they killed it. Was it an escaped lion, a prehistoric holdover, or even that Chastel himself trained an animal to attack people and deflect attention from other crimes? Because the guy was a criminal.
0: That's so funny. He's just genetically modifying <laughs> shit out in the woods. He's like,
1: it's alive! <laughs> Sick of more? Get him, Jacques! Fuck him up, Jacques! <laughs> He's just on the sidelines from jail. Fuck him up, Jacques! <laughs> That'd be really funny because Chastel, like I mentioned earlier, he rallied up like a group of people. Uh, but he was eventually put in jail. Uh-huh. But what got him out of jail was the fact that he killed this thing.
0: <laughs> from jail or they put him in jail after he killed it
1: uh they didn't really say they just said that, that this he timeline went to jail. is confusing yeah. it is they said that he went to jail he killed it and they were like yeah we're dropping the charges
0: that's so funny he's just in jail takes the shot from his window he's like
1: i think i got it
0: <laughs> all right you're free to go thanks <laughs> Thanks, I guess. You know, I was saying dire wolf and the the hyena dawn would make sense, but another good option that sometimes things just mate that aren't supposed to. Yeah. Maybe it was just a very rare hybrid of two very dangerous cat-dog animals. Yeah. Maybe a lion fucked the wolf.
1: I mean, they did say that the father is which a lion would its mother remained to be seen. Right. So it's possible, yeah.
0: Yeah, it could be, you know, dire wolves just rolling around with lions.
1: <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay, and the last thing I have is from Smith again. The best and most likely explanation is Javodon had a serious wolf infestation. Is, uh, is Smith's explanation essentially saying it was more than one wolf killing the people of Javodon?
0: Yeah. No fucking kidding. They killed 30 people a year in one city.
1: (laughs) Well, not one city. That's across the country. Oh, just in France. Just in France.
0: That's still a lot, guys. That's like the deer population in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That was was good. That actually was a rabbit hole. I'm so glad you went down. That was fascinating.
1: It was a lot of fun looking into the stuff about this thing.
0: Alrighty, my first story of unexplained phenomenon is Nostradamus' Premonitions, specifically one about 9-11.
1: Oh, okay.
0: From Premonitions of the Titanic to the future predictions of the Simpsons, we have all seen or heard our fair share of prophecies coming true. Hell, even the Bible has hundreds of prophets claiming heavenly and pure evil things to come. My first story begins in 16th century France. ...with a man named Nostradamus. Born in 1503, he grew up a mild nobody. He eventually became a physician in his 30s and practiced medicine without a medical degree. He also claimed that he even made a pill that wards off the plague. Damn. His claims all the time got him in hot water with uh, the Catholic Church. (laughs) Later on in his life, in his late 40s, he began to prophesy future events... That could not be ignored. And this really pissed off the Catholic Church. They're just like, hey man, there's only one prophet in this town. He's like... But he, he actually denied it. He's like, I'm not a prophet. I'm just telling you I think this might happen. It was kind of funny. Eventually, he published in full detail all of his prophecies in one book titled Centuries, made in 1555. He would write these prophecies in a style known as quatrains, meaning four lines of rhyming verse. These verses were then grouped together in measures of 100, and this was noted as one century. People around him began to notice that his predictions, no matter how small, had started to come to fruition. The stories traveled to Catherine de' Medici's ear, wife to King Henry II. She requested that he create the horoscopes for her children. Some predictions he had were vague that could be categorized as any number of catastrophic events such as natural disasters or wars. However, some say he foresaw the death of King Henry II, the French Revolution, the rise of Napoleon, the rise of Hitler, and even the 9/11 attacks that have plagued the US for over two decades.
1: Hey yo, uh-uh.
0: Yeah, I it's don't, mm, it's whack. Mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Many still maintain that his prophecies are too vague and cryptic, that there are far too many prophecies that could all eventually fit something in the future. Still, if Alexis de Tocqueville can foresee the Cold War and Mark Twain could predict his own death, why can't Nostradamus expect to make similar divinations? The first prophecy I really want to discuss is his terrifyingly accurate depiction of 9-11-2001, again from the 16th 16th, uh, century. In the year of the new century and nine months, two metal birds will fall from the sky on Metropolis. The sky will burn at 45 degrees latitude. Fire approaches the great new city. Now, granted, there are many iterations of this same text due to having to be translated from Middle French to Modern French and then to English, so various scholars all interpret the intended meaning differently. However, we cannot ignore the obvious similarities, Nine months, being nine Two steel birds, two planes, falling, crashing into the metropolis, metropolis or the great new city, or even better yet, his 45 latitude is New York City, which lies at about 43 degrees latitude. Fire approaches the destruction from the event, the explosions of the planes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Nostradamus even has predictions for this year. 2023 May, so 5th month of this year. He claims that the Vatican would undergo a massive change, which could be perceived as the death of Pope Emeritus Benedict 14th. He died? He is dead. What? He claims that the world's leading power will have a large internal struggle, a complicated and turbulent time. This could be representing the difficulties of the U.S. electing a president in the House of Representatives. This ancient soothsayer has more grim prophecies for us than good ones, such as World War III this year, Mars catching fire and dying, and even this following line, When the price of wheat rises high, man will be eating his fellow man. Nostradamus theorizes that the economy will fall due to prices going up on food, housing, and more, causing us to resort to cannibalism. If any of this is true, our year will have a very bleak ending indeed. And if you think even one of his prophecies are accurate, then we should all take heed to the other hundreds of lines this man wrote 500 years ago.
1: I don't like it.
0: Yeah, it's trippy. It's
1: more than trippy. It's terrifying. It's
0: trippy too, Rocker. I
1: don't like that. That's scary, bro.
0: So, yeah. We might have World War Three. I mean, it's not uh, not totally out of the realm of possibility, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I thought it
1: was gonna happen last year. Was it last year, two thousand twenty-one? Oh fucking
0: know. It all <laughs> blends at some point. All right, what do you got next? All
1: right, we got the Brown Mountain Lights.
0: Sweet O I don't
1: have a lot on this, like I mentioned before, but there is some, uh, and I found some pictures, and goddamn, they look weird. <laughs>
0: The pictures of the brown mountain lights?
1: Yeah. Look at that. Oh,
0: damn.
1: Look at that one, though.
0: That looks like a sperm. (laughs) Or maybe a super long cotton swab.
1: I don't know yet. (laughs) When you pull the the cotton swab, that is what it looks like. All right, so the brown mountain lights are a series of ghost lights reported sporadically for many years near Brown Mountain in North Carolina. The lights are more often reported as small, star-like dots of light of brightness comparable to stars. Uh, the motion of the lights has varied by reports, from slow movements to almost firework-type action. Some of the earliest reports of ghost lights came from Cherokee and Catawba Indians, settlers, and Civil War soldiers. The Cherokee legend is, a great battle was fought between the Cherokee and Catawba Indians at Brown Mountain, and the mysterious lights are from the Indian maidens still searching for their men who died in battle.
0: That is sad as fuck.
1: You want to know what that reminds me of? It's a wisp.
0: Oh, the wisps? <laughs>
1: for brave, yeah. We
0: love the wisps? Okay, in
1: 1771, a German scientist explained the lights as inflamed nitrous vapors But that was instantly disputed. In 1913, U.S. Geological Survey concluded that they were headlights from a locomotive. And when the tracks washed away three years later and people continued to see the lights, that theory was also thrown out.
0: Ha! Dumbasses. (laughs) It's just train lights, dummy. But I saw them on the other side of the mountain. The mountains see-through, remember?
1: (laughs) Shut up. There's way too many lights in these photos to be considered a locomotive. Yeah,
0: that's the other thing is that it's like hundreds of lights, right?
1: And also, there are, like, these, this one, that looks, like, super high in the sky, bro.
0: Yeah, like the train, what is it, the fucking, uh...
1: The little engine that
0: could... (laughs) What, could fly? (laughs) The, i was gonna say the, the polar explorer yeah i was gonna say the polar oh, really stri- yeah because it like falls onto the ice track remember
1: no i haven't seen that movie in years and i plan to keep it that way
0: yeah that's a good point i think the last time i saw it was with you
1: <laughs> you listen to mo bomba or... <laughs>
0: you listen to sickle motor mo bomba <laughs> i fucking love that meme
1: all right so this is the last thing the lights have been reported as being white, red, yellow, orange, and blue. They've been described as looking like large balls of fire to small candlelights, and from floating near the ground to rising up high into the sky. But yeah, those are the, the brown mountain lights. Not much to them, just little weird lights that float around.
0: I'd say that's unexplained phenomenon.
1: It's unexplained, yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of cute.
0: It's super cute.
1: It's adorable. Harmless
0: little baby colored lights that just like to float into the sky at random?
1: I don't want this to be explained. (laughs) If it gets explained as something like super gruesome or whatever, I'm gonna be sad because it's cute.
0: (laughs) It's gonna be like, there's a lot of trains.
1: It's gonna be like,
0: ghost train.
1: These lights cause the death of millions. (laughs)
0: these lights, blind (laughs) airplane
1: pilots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there we go. So, to your next story, mister, I'm very excited to hear about these oh my God moments.
0: Yeah, this one was my favorite story by far. This was absolutely insane. Time now for the tale of the curse of Carl Pruitt's grave.
1: Ew, his name's Carl? (laughs) Hi, Kimmy's mom.
0: It's going to be hard to take him serious after that. So, most people, when they hear about haunted objects or homes, they tend to stay away. But in Pulaski County, Kentucky, in 1938, citizens didn't give a fuck. Okay? <laughs> when they should have, for sure. And it all begins with a, na- a man named Carl Pruitt and his wife. Carl was a proud man, known for his quick and ferocious temper. So it was no surprise that he ended up murdering his wife when he came home to find her with another man. Oh shit! The unknown adulterer jumped out the window and fled, unknowingly saving his own life. After he had left, Carl wrapped a filthy chain around his wife's neck and strangled her until she stopped breathing. Her corpse lay on the floor and once his anger had faded, he came to realize exactly what he had done during his fit of rage. Riddled with regret and grief, he soon turned a pistol on himself and shot himself in the temple.
1: Jesus, bro.
0: After this murder suicide took place, the wife's family refused to allow Carl to be buried next to her.
1: Understandable.
0: Carl ended up in an entirely different cemetery. However,
1: Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) however, the legend goes that his wild and violent temper was not laid to rest with him but instead continued to murder from beyond the Grave. Brion? From beyond the Grave.
1: Whoa. Beyond
0: the Gravy. Know what. The first notable signs from locals when passing the gravestone was discoloration of grass surrounding it. Many say that these emerging patterns in the dead grass made repeated shapes forming chains, like the one that used to kill his wife. Oh, hell no. Eventually, this became a daring ritual for young kids, one by one, convincing each other to visit the grave of angry Carl Pruitt. This led to a group of children to visit the grave together one day, accusing each other of being too scared to touch it. Leading the charge was a boy named James Collin. Proving his bravery to the others, he cast stones at the gravestone, one of them eventually chipping off a slight piece. Nothing happened of immediate consequence, but on their way home, James's bike chain snapped and threw him from his bike. His friends came to his aid and called for help, but by the time help arrived, James was already dead. This freak accident gets stranger though. The bike chain that broke was flung from the gears and wrapped around James's neck and strangled him to death.
1: Whoa. Much
0: like the chain wrapped around Mrs. Pruitt's neck. Mm. The boys were terrified to go back, saying it was Carl's spirit who killed James. But eventually, they found themselves walking back to the cemetery, where oh. they found the chipping on the gravestone had vanished, as if it had never happened.
1: So the chip wasn't there anymore? Nope. It was fixed? Correct. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh. If this wasn't
0: terrifying enough, James's mother believed his friends in the curse of this grave. Seeking revenge on her dead son, She went to the cemetery armed with an axe. With a few foul swings, the gravestone was smashed to pieces. Proud of her petty vengeance, she left the cemetery, which was the last time anyone saw her alive. The very next day, she was found dead, strangled by her own clothesline. Children visited the grave again and found the gravestone again completely intact. The claimed victims of the curse spread quickly and both caused locals to steer clear of the cemetery and drew skeptics closer. Skeptics like a local farmer who claimed that no ghost could scare him. And one night, to prove his bravery, when driving past a cemetery in a horse and buggy with his family, the farmer pulled out a gun and shot the gravestone from afar, chipping it badly once again. Almost immediately after, the sounds of the gunshot caused the horses to race faster in panic. The buggy began to reach dangerous speeds and most of the family had jumped out save for the father, attempting to calm the horses still. Inevitably, the carriage had flipped and crashed, the farmer getting the reins wrapped around his neck, choking him to death. Knew it. When the family looked back at the grave, once again the rock was fully intact. Uh. This death caused panic in the town at last, many residents now believing in the curse, inquiring for an immediate investigation. Many report that the cops at the time did not investigate seriously and joked about how silly this legend sounded.
1: Okay, but my question is how the hell would you investigate that?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't blame them for just like,
1: ha ha, what dummies. I'd be more like, ha ha,
0: it's the 30s, almost the 40s. They don't know what the fuck they're doing.
1: Exactly, like, I'd be too- Shit's in
0: black and white, how are you gonna investigate anything?
1: I'd be way too fucking scared to go and, like, even be, like, within 30 feet of that.
0: Well, they're not going alone.
1: Still, it's creepy. It is creepy. I don't like it. (laughs) I was gonna say cremate him and put him somewhere, but I feel like that would just cause more chaos.
0: (laughs) Yeah, trying to dig up the corpse? That's a lot worse than just touching his rock.
1: Yeah... Also, he could just, like, appear back in the coffin after you oh!
0: That would be fucking trippy. <laughs> but, yeah, so the gist was that the cop, specifically one cop, was making a lot of jokes about Carl Pruitt. Okay. Oh. The officer that made the most jokes at the cemetery during the inspection suffered a tragic fate that night. When leaving, the officer and his partner drove away in a frenzy. The partner reported that the driving officer claimed to see a bright ball of light in the rearview mirror that was chasing them. He pleaded for him to slow down, but this eventually led to a fatal car accident.
1: Did he get strangled in his seatbelt?
0: Ramming into a pole head on, the partner was thrown from the vehicle and survived miraculously. But the driver wasn't so lucky. The crash had somehow decapitated him.
1: Oh, shit. This guy likes neck stuff.
0: Yeah, he does. I'll choke you for 50. Kinky
1: motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Finally, to cap off this mysterious series of deaths, I think this is one of the scariest ones. One more victim was claimed under the curse several months later. Locals began to truly fear the cemetery, avoiding it at all costs, and moving family members into other graveyards. Everyone ran far from the gravesite, except for a man named Arthur Lewis. Fed up with the stories and distractions, he went at night with a hammer and chisel and attempted to destroy the gravestone once and for all. Witnesses place him and his activities there that night. The sounds of smashing stone was quickly replaced with the wails of Arthur Lewis. Nearby townsfolk ran to his aid as quickly as they could, but it was too late. The corpse of Arthur Lewis moments later was found by the grave, strangled to death by the chain used to lock the cemetery gates. Next to him was the untouched and unscathed gravestone of Carl Pruitt. After this final incident, nobody was ever buried there again, and the remaining bodies were transported into new cemeteries. And in 1958, the gravesite was stripped and the grave of Carl Pruitt was finally demolished, never to be seen again.
1: Where, where did they put
0: it? They probably just built something on top of it.
1: Oh, that place is haunted Yeah. so badly. It's just a
0: 7-Eleven where people get choked by churros all the time.
1: <laughs> or like everybody is angry. Like you step foot in there and you become filled <laughs> with the rage of a thousand suns. <laughs>
0: It just turns you into the next Beast of Gévaudan.
1: Yes! I don't even remember
0: buying this.
1: There's a dead cashier inside.
0: Yeah, everyone just robs that place repeatedly. <laughs> they don't. I don't know what came over me. Yeah, yeah, save it for the judge. <laughs> I swear I didn't do it. I have a wife and kids and they were just wanting donuts. <laughs>
1: they just wanted this weird knockoff of Sierra Mist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please, it's just ABC gum. I stole it from under the counter. (laughs) Was it chewed
1: or unchewed?
0: That's what ABC means. Already been chewed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's probably my favorite of the two that you have. It's
0: fucking freaky.
1: It's.
0: Yeah. I have no idea how to explain that.
1: I don't think anybody. It's too
0: coincidental. Yeah. All these deaths around the same gravestite. With the same, like, method of murder almost every time. Yeah. Yeah, I was laughing kind of hard because you're like, let me guess, he got strangled by his seatbelt. That's a good guess, but then I got curious. Uh, Seatbelts weren't even invented until 1959.
1: How the fuck did he get decapitated?
0: I don't know. They hit a pole. Maybe it was like Hereditary, the movie, where that girl gets her head lopped off by a telephone pole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that's what happened.
1: Yeah, but if they hit the pole, like, straight on...
0: Yeah, but, like, if it's in the middle of the car, in the middle of the hood, and they both fly out on the side of the pole, they never said what kind of pole. It, and, I mean, I doubt they had pretty, like, great big thick poles in the 30s. Right.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: It'd be kind of funny if he, like, crashed into a senior home or something, like, really important.
1: <laughs> Everybody he touched... Became (laughs) decapitated. He just flew by and gave so many old people high fives. Next thing you know, when he hits the floor, they all die. Their heads just go whoop.
0: Alright, last stories.
1: Last stories. Alright,
0: this has been a fun episode. We've been going for a while.
1: Yeah, we've been going for a while.
0: Hour six minutes.
1: Uh, My last story which I thought this was weird and kind of spooky. It's the case of the SOS sign in Daisetsuzan National Park.
0: The U isn't that
1: dragged out, thank you. (laughs) What caused the investigation of this story was a duo of hikers got lost hiking. Obviously, they're hikers. Uh... (laughs) (laughs)
0: They got lost swimming, <laughs> flying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leaping. <laughs> On July
1: 24th, 1989, a helicopter dispatched to find two missing hikers came across a giant SOS sign measuring 4.8 meters by 3 meters, which is around 15.7 by 9.8 feet. It was made using birch wood and was located four kilometers away from the peak of Mount Asahidake Asahidake. The pair that was re- uh, the pair was rescued, but they didn't make the SOS sign. What? They didn't make the SOS sign. Knowing that, they conducted a second search. This time, a skeleton with broken and some missing bones and a backpack were found 10 to 30 meters away from the SOS sign. Jesus. So that's 32.8 to 98.5 feet away from it. In the bag, there was a tape recorder. Uh, The bag and the surrounding area contained a camera, a tripod, the tape recorder along with four cassette tapes, and other basic hiking supplies. There was a tree nearby with a large opening that was assumed to be used for shelter by the John Doe. Inside the tree was the wallet, maps, notebooks, and an an additional camera gear. The bag also held the hiker's ID belonging to a man named Kenji Iwamura. He went missing about five years ago in July 1984, according to a report in the Asahi Shimbun on March 1st, 1991. DNA analysis eventually determined that the skeleton belonged to a male with Type A blood, thereby solidifying the fact that the skeleton belonged to the missing hiker, who also had Type A blood. But... where is it?
0: There's a bud? I thought you said it was a skeleton.
1: No, it was a skeleton. <laughs> but you
0: said butt.
1: Okay, so initially, with the first examination, they thought the skeleton belonged to a female. Oh. So everyone was like super confused. They were like, "This author, uh, this ID belongs to a man, and so does what is gonna come next." Uh,
0: the a penis.
1: No. Oh. On, I mentioned a tape recorder before. Oh no. And they found the uh the man talking on said tape recorder i i have the audio here
0: oh my god no
1: it's in japanese you're not going to be able to understand it can you translate i have a translation here oh thank god okay so here is the audio that we have <sighs> the clip or the recording so what it translates to what it translates to is sos i am stuck on this cliff sos please help i am where i saw the first helicopter the sasa is too deep i cannot go back up please lift me up from here
0: that's so sad
1: it is random fact that i found is that on the other tapes were anime openings and soundtracks so this guy, guy had
0: sick-ass taste. He did. That's so funny. He's just listening to, I don't know, Naruto's theme song as his last thing he hears on Earth and then just dies.
1: So on this hiking path, there are two almost identical landmarks within a decent vicinity of each other. Uh, they're cubes, kind of rectangle thingies. And so one of them, if you take a right, leads to the base of the mountain... And the other if you take a right leads to lots of vegetation. It's okay. It's believed that both the hiker duo and Kenji took the wrong route. I um, see. He mentioned something called sasa which is a plant. If you go down against it, it's very easy, but going back up, that's very difficult. So he the was The plant? Yeah, the plant sasa. Okay. So he was stuck on a cliff from plants he was stuck by plants
0: plants versus not zombies
1: <laughs> plants versus kenji
0: <laughs> that's a t-shirt right there it's just a pot of plant with, like square up kenji <laughs> oh my god i'm so sorry Kenji's spirit if you're ever gonna listen to this That was so disrespectful, but I can't wait to make a t-shirt out of your death.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's so bad. So yeah, he was stuck stuck on a cliff. Uh Uh-huh. So, (laughs) here come the questions.
0: Yeah, okay, I was wondering what the unexplained part is.
1: How did he make the SOS sign? Kenji was stranded on a cliff, but the sign was further down the mountain. If he was indeed the person who made the sign, which most likely because they found his skeleton, or what they believe is a skeleton. They found him near it. Wait, so how did he get down there? They're thinking that there is a that he did eventually find a way to get down from the cliff. But then there's the next question. If that's the case, why didn't he just leave and get off the mountain? Why did he stay and make an SOS sign? No! (laughs) He had a map, so he had the tools to help him find his way down. That's true. Oh, shit. And with the size of the SOS sign he made, it would have taken a lot of energy. Wait. So why not use that energy to get down the mountain?
0: What if he fell off the cliff and, like, broke his leg really bad? So he had to crawl around and make the SOS sign made out of just whatever wood was nearby. And that's yeah. why his skeleton is just laying there.
1: Yeah. You know? Maybe. Uh, also, what the hell was the purpose of recording himself? Yelling would oh. be a lot louder than the tape he made. And he was definitely still on the cliff and he recorded it too. So. And if he still had the recorder, why not, like, document things that were going on? So we could understand what the fuck happened. But no, he's like, simple SOS thing that they will find when they find my dead, rotting corpse.
0: You think the skeleton still had his headphones in?
1: (laughs) Well, it's believed that the missing bones were taken by animals, so if he was listening to some sick-ass tunes through earbuds... They, they'd probably be taken by some bear, just yeah. like jamming out next to the salsa, just like mm, <laughs> next to the mm, salsa, listening to some uh, listening to the Demon Slayer tunes. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have <sighs> on Dang. Kenji and the SOS sign. <laughs> Playing versus, versus Kenji. Kenji. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was so awful. Uh, All right, the my one last. That started it? Uh, that's true. This is my last story, my short and sweet one. Again, taking place in France. It must be like French Day. On okay, the my,
1: my question. Is it really sweet or is it just short and painful?
0: So I have a short story for
1: you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the story of the dancing plague that occurred in the 1500s. Many people have a good idea of what they think is the worst way to die. Burned alive drowning, hydraulic press accident, grave curses, or even cosmic explosions. But have you ever considered what it may be like to dance yourself to death? Reportedly, in 1518, at the French city of Strasbourg, residents were dancing uncontrollably for days on end. So, omens actually struck the city before the plague affected them. Hmm. Stars crossed the sky, fields were flooded, They were also suddenly in an extreme cold that just as quickly switched to extreme heat and eventually causing famine and starvation.
1: Oh, God.
0: So in the summer of this year, a woman named Frau Trophia goes to the town square and begins to dance alone. No music played, but the town watched as she danced herself for a week straight, as if against her will. She would collapse from time to time, but get back up and just continue to dance. With time, others simply joined. She was taken away, but it was too late for the city of Strausburg. By August, hundreds would be affected with the mysterious dancing plague. Just like Frau Troffea, they couldn't explain themselves, expressing a feeling of possession causing them to dance. Citizens kept going with bloodied feet and twitching limbs, Eventually, some went into seizures, strokes. A poem written says that the that they would dance until the illness would pass through their system. Yeah. People tried to help by tiring them out and hoping it would stop them. Others played music to, to soothe them back to normal or at least give them a reason to dance. All possible solutions were a waste of time, for many of those afflicted had danced themselves to death from exhaustion. So that was it. That was just a little tidbit. There's not a whole lot to flesh out that story. It's just whack that people were like, dance with me. No, please. (laughs) Everyone dances here.
1: (laughs) You dance or you die. You're going to die anyways.
0: (laughs) Starts dancing. He's like, I... I can't stop. And you never will. So that is the end of, I think, my new favorite episode that we've done. Yeah. That was fucking sick, dude. Yeah. I know this was lengthy, but fucking worth it.
1: Fucking meh. (laughs) I'd say this was definitely worth it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Which story do you think was your favorite?
0: I don't know. There's so (laughs) many good ones. I loved The Beast of Gervodon. Okay. (sighs) But, I mean, Plants vs. Kenji was just (laughs) weird.
1: (laughs) Out of yours, then.
0: Out of mine? Oh, definitely Carl Pruitt's grave. Yeah. What the fuck, Carl?
1: (laughs) I can't bring myself to badmouth this, man. I'm just... (laughs) I'm too scared.
0: I'm gonna... Yeah, I said what the fuck, Carl. That's enough. I might wake up with, like, my sheets strangling me.
1: (laughs) Don't sleep on the bed. Just sleep on the carpet then. (laughs)
0: all right that's it Carl. don't you ever talk to me again (laughs) there haven't been any disturbances as they just bulldozed his thing and we're like let's build a macy's
1: (laughs) in the macy's there's just the peak of the headstone there it's just a bump nobody knows what it is
0: why is there a chain for sale at dollar tree all the time (laughs) <laughs> if you guys stick around long enough, our next episode is going to be about deja vu and oh. uh, premonitions and things like that. Ooh. I'm pretty excited. I know we already prepped ourselves for this episode, so we're going to have some good shit to talk about. We have good stories for that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah, so if you guys want to stay tuned for future episodes, uh, just like today, every episode will be coming out on Mondays at 3 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. If you guys want to email us with questions, concerns, corrections, stories you want us to look into, anything else, you can email us at twistedmanor.sub, S U B, at gmail.com. I've been your host, Oliver Mizrahi.
1: I've been your co host, Kit.
0: And it has been such a lovely pleasure. I hope we made you poop yourself and then pee yourself with laughter right after. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode, our finale of phase 1. So In the next phase. If you guys are going to miss this uh space time space and time phase as much as we are, we got one more episode left so don't fucking miss it. Ciao.